Welcome to the Harvest Australia podcast. We trust you'll be blessed by this message from Senior Pastor Marty Manuel. So today, uh, Wednesday night, um, I shared, we had a great night and I shared on um, just a few secrets to warfare. Who was here for Wednesday night? It was a great night. Um, and thank you guys for coming out. And uh, I think that sometimes um, some of these things are, are really, um, we take in bite-sized chunks. And I think that Wednesday night was a bite-sized chunk of some of these kind of topics. And we'll keep, keep that going for next outpouring night as well. But I want to take off one of those things that I shared on Wednesday night and bring it into the context of our larger family, and that is community. And um, so I want to talk about that today, Um, but let me just pray before we sort of get started. Lord, we ask today that you would come. You're already here. Lord, thank you for your presence. But Lord, we ask that you would come with your wisdom, with your truth. Lord, that you would speak into our hearts this morning. Lord, we receive what you want to pour out. We thank you for your goodness. Thank you that you have brought us here this morning, that there's no mistakes, there's no errors, there's no confusion. You have no doubts, no fears about who we are or what we're doing. Lord, we pray that you would assert your love and your authority and your peace into our hearts this morning. Lord, despite whatever we've come with, however we're feeling, Lord, we know you are good. We know your plans are good. And Lord, we know that you have really good things to speak to our hearts this morning. So we receive it by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, Let me start in um, Psalm 133 verse 1. Many of you would have heard this. And it's a, a song of David. It says, Behold, how good and pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head, coming down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, coming upon the edge of his robes. And um, this, this verse really sets the scene today for how much when we operate in unity, um, God loves it. He blesses it with his presence. He blesses it with his life. He blesses it with joy. And a lot of other things we can pursue throughout life. We can pursue all sorts of things, and they're all good things, and many of us are called to all sorts of different assignments and and giftings. But the one thing, if we really go after this thing, we know we won't be making a mistake on, and that is unity. And, um, um, you know, it's interesting that um, community is common unity. And so when we have common unity, as in when we have one heart, one mind, one desire that seeks after the Lord, loves one another and builds up one another, that's actually community. That's common unity, isn't it? Community is not just gathering a whole group of people and trying to do the same thing and maybe even sound the same or look the same. That, that can be mimicking, that can be copying, and that can be a group that sort of follows a set of rules. But it, it's not necessarily community, common unity. Common unity is when we really share a heart together and go after the same thing. And obviously our thing is Jesus. Um, I, um, I had a great quote here, but you know what? I've lost it. Um, but no, I, I, I'll, actually I do have it. Um, the guy who uh, I think authored... The Musketeers, um, Alexandra Dumas, he said this, all for one, one for all, that is our device. And if you think about that quote for a minute, all for one, isn't that Christianity? We're all for one, for one saviour, 
and one is for all. And so actually, it's just the gospel in a sentence, isn't it, really? All for one and one for all. And so when we recognize that our common unity is Christ, then all our little differences and even the fact that we might like different things or sound different, dress different, come from different backgrounds, all of that becomes secondary because of our common unity in Him. And so our common unity in Him becomes our connector, not what we like. See, this is sometimes, I think, when we get it wrong, even in Christianity in our church circles, and actually we gather around something else other than Christ. So we might gather around our music taste, or we might gather around our dress taste, or uh, you know, some other like that we have a similarity, which is not wrong. But if our faith and our connection and even our relationship is built on something other than Christ, then as soon as a crisis comes in, there's going to be a divorce, isn't there? Because we haven't got that common unity in him, something that's bigger than ourselves. We only have a common unity in something that's the same as ourselves. And so as soon as that is broken, then actually we don't have unity anymore. We have disunity. And we know what that looks like. It's, it's horrible. And the enemy loves to bring disunity. He loves to bring um, division, doesn't he? And Mark chapter 3 verse 25 says, And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And there's three levels that you can think about a house being divided. Firstly, on a personal level. On a personal level, if we are divided in and of who we are, we cannot stand strong. Or if we're double-minded. The Bible says, you know, we shouldn't be double-minded. And what that means is basically if we're divided against who we are, who we really are in the Lord, in Christ, not who we are in the world, not who other people think we are, but who are we with Jesus? Who are we with Him? If we know who we are with Him, then it doesn't matter what anyone else says about us because we know who we are and we're a son or a daughter and we know our inheritance and we know our Father's got our back and therefore the opinions of other people really doesn't matter that much. It doesn't really matter how much I'm feeling today or how much I think I'm full of Him or full of anything else because I have a knowing in Him. I have a knowing in Christ and my spirit is rooted in him and he is rooted in me. And therefore, that shakiness and that sifting sand doesn't quite have as much effect. And um, uh, all for one, one for all, that is our device. Wouldn't that be an amazing slogan for a church to have? All for one and one for all. I don't know who the musketeers are, but we could dress some up. Andrew's sunglasses, he's got a start going this morning. So who knows? We could get real crazy. But... If you think about that slogan, like dwell on that for a minute, that's the story of the church. That's who we are meant to be. And on Wednesday night, I showed a clip from Gladiator of uh, one of the slogans out of that movie is, you know, he yells out, as one. And the soldiers gather in the Colosseum and, and all the different uh, warriors are trying to come after them. The soldiers gathering against the gladiators who are a ragtag bag of uh, you know, blokes who don't even know each other, but he yells out as one, takes leadership, calls them to one ship. And actually one of our, um, one of our great um, footy fans reminded me that the Crows' slogan is, we fly as one. And, um, and you know, very prophetic, isn't it? We'll see what happens today. But we fly as one. And isn't it interesting that even in sport, even in the world, they've got it. They know that if they can gather unity, a common unity, 
and get enough people to believe in the same thing, to know the same thing, to chant that slogan, we fly as one, to not be divided, then they know that they're going to have power, they're going to have some influence, and it might even help their, their team win. And so it's, it's a very, very powerful thing when we know we fly as one. And I won't show my flag today, but, you know, because, you know, we have a divided house probably in, in uh, the footy arena. But we know the power of authority when we're together, don't we? All for one, one for all. That is our device. Um, uh, Johann Friedrich von Schiller said this, Even the weak become strong when they are united. Even the weak become strong when they are united. Even if we don't feel like we have what it takes or we have the strength to get through this week or to face that challenge, that sickness, that doubt, that fear, even in of ourselves, we might have a divided house going on singularly. In personally, we might think, you know, we're, we're doing this and we're doing that. We've got confusion going on. We've got all sorts of battles going on in our mind or in our life. If we stay connected to the body, if we connect in in common unity with other people, their strength will wash off onto us. Iron will sharpen iron. We've had this so many times. I mean, probably you felt that this morning. Even when we worship together, it sharpens us, doesn't it? And Jackie just did such an awesome job. Give her a hand. Amazing. Hey, oh, a rabbit trail for a second. Is that okay? I know we didn't have words for one song, but wasn't it really nice? You know, the Pensacola revival, one thing that annoyed a lot of people is they never put words up, I don't think, for a lot of it. And so critics would go, oh, they, I don't even know. But then they would sing and just worship, 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 because all of a sudden people realized, hey, I don't, I don't have to look at a screen anymore. Actually, I can look at a man. And so, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll do that when we don't have to be so uh, whatever. Anyway, um, but... It's, there's something about that, isn't there, where we just go, okay, I don't have to look at the words. I'll just sort of mumble along for a while until I get it. And then when we get it, we really get it uh, because worship becomes worship, not a, not a screen. But anyway, so in, in that atmosphere of worship comes unity. And it doesn't matter. We're all ages. We're all, you know, we all have different fragrances. We all have different hairstyles. Although quite a few of you, even the older generation, saying they're going hipster. They're going to get short sides soon. And so let's see what happens in the coming weeks, hey? Um, I'm going to leave it there. I was, yeah. <laughs> the enemy hates our unity. He hates our unity. When we stand as one, when we worship as one, when we believe for each other as one, the enemy hates it because, you know, just like in that gladiator clip, that our armory surrounds us. And even those arrows that might be able to get one of us, might even be able to get two of us when we are surrounded by each other and we are in relationship with each other and we've got each other's back, those arrows cannot penetrate. They cannot penetrate. Even this morning, if he might try, when we worship together, it, it defeats him. It silences his voice. And all of a sudden, our voice is on Jesus and all the other stuff just begins to wash away. And so sometimes the, the, the battle is won when we just get our eyes off ourselves. 
When we just get our eyes off our problems for a moment, even just for half an hour on a Sunday morning, if we can get our eyes off our own situations and our own limitations and our own doubts and our own fears about ourselves, not even about anyone else, then authority is released. Then unity is released and power is released. Um, let's go to... Um, actually, no, before I go there, I, I, I think it's interesting that when... Uh, we read the book of Revelation in chapter 2 and 3 in particular. We see that um, Jesus is really addressing the churches of a particular region. Don't you think that's interesting? That he's addressing, you know, the church of Ephesus and Laodicea and other, you know, uh, other regions. Wouldn't it be interesting if you could hear the Lord's voice of the church of Morphavale? Not just Morphavale here, but the church of Morva, or the church of the city of Onkaparinga, let's, let's put it that way. Wouldn't it be interesting just to sit in on a boardroom meeting of heaven? And here, you know, when they get to this region, you know, in their strategic planning sessions, and we just hear, what do they, what do they think? How are we doing on our KPIs when it comes to the church of the city of Onkaparinga? It would be really interesting just to hear that heartbeat conversation, wouldn't it? And, and yet this is what we see Jesus doing in the book of Revelation. He's addressing regional churches. He's addressing a tribe. He's addressing a community. And by addressing a community, he's addressing the body of Christ in that region because every church has a tribe, has a gathering, and we've talked about that, the anointing of a tribe and a, and a community. And so it would be interesting to hear what he says about us as a community. And I think that when we think like that, we begin to think be a bit beyond ourselves, don't we? We begin to think, what is the voice of our community? What's, what's my part in this community? How do I help in this community? What value do I add to this community? Or do I just receive from this community, which is amazing, but am I actually part of this community? Because actually being part of the community is giving and sowing and, and harvesting in that field. And so, you know, and this is not really a, a, a volunteer speech at, by any stretch. But if that gets you, then let it get you. But in, as part of a community, it's not just a part of a, peop, a whole group of spectators, is it? You know, I've referred to the Amish before because, you know, we've got a little fascination with the Amish people, um, you know, in just how the health and wellness and that living that they seem to be able to cultivate. But, and Jill is, you know, the, the absolute queen of the Amish community. So if you ever want any question, questions, then you need to ask Jill. She's visited them and done everything, you know, in that sense. But... Um, I mean in knowledge, not, not the queen of the Amish, you know, <laughs> whatever. Anyway, um, but isn't there power in the, in, the, in the community that they live? There's such a power. You know, it doesn't matter what new technology comes out, they don't give a hoot. You think of all the little fads over the last 50 years of technology, you know, we had TVs that were you know, black and white, then we had colour, then we had dials, now we have remotes, then we have massive big things, then we had gigantic things you have to put on a truck. Now you have these tiny paper-thin things, you know, then we had screens. And so all of those fads we've been through. And I think it's funny, yesterday I'm driving around, you know, as you do, and, I, and just in one trip I saw two big fat old TVs just dumped on the side of the road. And it's just an, it's an, it's a sign of our times, isn't it? 
One technology that was amazing 10 years ago, five years ago, boom, it's on the side of the road now. You think of all the dramas the Amish have saved themselves technology-wise. <laughs> they just haven't had to bother. You know. So anyway, I know that's another rabbit trail. But when you look at their common unity, it's family. Their common unity. Now, they're not perfect and they get some things wrong and they're a bit harsh in some arenas and all this sort of stuff. However, they have a community based on a heart connection, on a relationship. And it's so powerful. It really is powerful that even the world watches and goes, wow, how do they do what they do? And so if the enemy can divide and conquer us personally, if he can get us questioning our faith, if he can get us questioning our calling, if he can get us questioning who we are, and what we're meant to be doing, then straight away he can divide and conquer. He can then make it, uh, you know, about the different things that are going on. And every wind that comes, the Bible calls it every wind of doctrine, but you might say every wind of feeling that comes our way, we're going to be swayed by every little feeling that comes along rather than the rigid call of God and that rigid mandate of a son or a daughter and that we know our calling and who we are. And so this way, the enemy can easily come in on a personal level. Then he might come in on, on just a, a relational level in and those around our close proximity. And, and he knows if he can divide even that and he can separate us, then he knows that that doubt and that fear and, and those different things that he can put in front of us, and they may be things that already we have even in our soul, those, those questionings or guessing or, or double, uh, double guessing, if you like, then those things are the things that will be in, on our mind. And it will re- remove that unity and that power that we carry when we're fresh with one another. So if you want to stay sharp, find someone sharp. If you want to stay you know, in the flow and strong, find someone strong. If you want someone who operates in something that you're feeling weak in, then seek them out. If they're a good leader or if they're, or if they're a good teacher or if they have good encouragement and you're needing that, then you know, ask them for some encouragement because iron sharpens iron. Hebrews 13.1 says, continue in brotherly love. Genesis 13.8 says, so Abraham said to Lot, please let there be no strife between you and me, nor between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brothers. This, this is a message to us, even in families, in churches, in regions, in denominations, in streams, in belief structures. This is like a prophetic word to leaders as a whole, but also to us in our households. Please let there be no strife between you and me, nor between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, For why? We are family. So above all else, let there be no strife, let there be no confusion, or if there is some, let's bring about unity and let's work that through. Why? Because we're brothers. Or why? Because we're family. See, family is is that root that we need in the church because if we don't have that, all we can do is stand around our agreeance in doctrine. And if all we do is stand around our agreeance in doctrine, as soon as someone begins or maybe the the leader starts to believe something slightly different, let's say on the end times. See, we might gather around people who believe the same thing about the end times as what we do. And, And it's a dangerous task to make that the foundation of our relationship. 
Because as soon as they get a new revelation on what's going to happen on the end times, which no one knows anyway, then all of a sudden our relationship is not bonded on brotherly love. It's bonded on what we agree on. It's bonded on our knowledge. It's bonded on our head, not our heart. And, and so you can see that it's very easy for the enemy to split relationship if it's only bonded on what we agree on, on our knowledge, on a set of rules, on our doctrine, as important as that is. It needs to be something deeper that bonds us together. There needs to be something deeper that holds us and unites us in common unity so that we can have proper community, so that then we can stand together even through the rough times. And, and the great thing is God's building this in us. Psalm 122 verse 8 says, For the sake of my brothers and my friends, I will now say, may peace be within you. It doesn't matter what we're going through. If, if we have a conflict, whether it be in and of ourselves or with other people, to be able to say, let peace be within you, is such an amazing foundation because straight away it takes away all that um, zing in the air that comes, but let peace be within you. Let peace be within me. And then on the foundation of peace, we actually operate in love. Zechariah 11 verse 7. Zechariah 11 verse 7 is a really interesting uh, verse here. So I pastored the flock... Doomed to slaughter, hence the afflicted of the flock. And I took for myself two staffs. The one I called favor, and the other I called union. So I pastured the flock. Now think about this for a minute. He took over a flock that was destined for failure, destined for slaughter. Some pastors might say the same thing. But then, what was the two things he took, he took two staffs of authority, favor and unity, favor and union. When, I spoke about favor in the last few weeks. I can't remember when that was, but anyway, um, favor and unity. These things will mark us, and I think that when we actually have union, we get favor because two and three is even stronger. How strong is the authority that we carry as a group this size. It's incredible. The common unity, the iron sharpening iron, the encouraging, the lifting up when one's down, that, that um, amazing diamond being formed in and through us, even though it feels horrible sometimes. The diamond is forming. I want to say that to some of you this morning. The diamond, the pearl is forming. The, pr the pressure forms the diamond. The agitation forms the pearl. And so these things are promises from God that it doesn't matter what you're going through or how you feel. The gems are being produced. The gems are being created in you. They're being lifted up out of you, maybe even beyond yourself, because sometimes we have to get beyond ourselves for the gem to come out. Sometimes we have to get beyond our limitations so that he can actually pull out what's really there, the goodness, the gold, the treasure, the gifting, the power, the authority. But Two is better than one. It's why he didn't leave Adam on his own. Because on his own, he was bored. He, he was, didn't know what to do with himself. So God gave him a helpmate. He gave him Eve. And he put two together. And when two together, then family is created. And then procreation can take place. See, churches, when we stand together, can procreate better. 
in, in the spiritual realm. We can procreate better the things of the supernatural. We can worship better. We can actually worship better. I mean, we have great individual times, but there's nothing like gathering around the body of Christ and having corporate worship. Why? Because two is better than one. And so then we can procreate the kingdom of heaven in a bigger and better way. And we can see, you know, spiritual babies released and and people doing things that they wouldn't do otherwise and people getting saved and healed and delivered, which normally doesn't happen in your lounge room by yourself. And so that's why he loves common unity. He loves community because there's a tribal anointing that carries authority for a whole community. And if you look at um, city of Onkaparinga, we have a big region. Oh, can't you smell that, the sausages right now? Okay, so two weeks ago, it was a different fragrance. That's just pure sausage right now. I'd say it's almost as good, you know. I think it's going to be hard to sort of bring things back on track now. There was something that I wanted to wrap this all up with, but um, it seems to have evaded my mind at the moment. It's kind of annoying when that happens. You know, I'll let you in on a little funny thing that happens to preachers is that as soon as you get home, you think of all the greatest points that you never said. It's like, oh, my God. Or lying in bed tonight at midnight, I'm like, oh, I just went off on a totally different tangent that I was set, and it's just... I could have had four amazing things, you know, really articulate. And then we had sausage fragrance and everything disappeared, you know. Okay, so this is what I was going to say. That's right. Um, I have found it one of the most fulfilling things getting to know other pastors in this region, in this community. Um, because there's such an authority when, when pastors don't compete with one another, but they actually love one another and encourage one another. And when we're actually saying, hey, how did you guys do that? And how do you do that? And so even this week, you know, I made effort. And it, it does take effort because we're busy and we're trying to do, do our thing. But I always try to each, each week actually connect with one other pastor, if, even if it's just over the phone or Facebook or whatever. Um, and generally I do do that. And so this week I was able to do it. And, and it really helps. It actually helps because straight away there's a common unity. It takes out competition and it replaces it with that brotherly love. And it's authentic and it's real. And what it does is it gives us an authority in this region because there's a larger community. There's individual then there's this family, and then there's a larger one, which is the whole community. And so there's those three levels of community that we need to be in unity with to carry authority in a region. And I don't think we've really begun to see what God will do through common unity. And I don't just mean having, uh, and as good as these things are, having an event and inviting every church to come along. That is good to do, and we'll do that, we'll jump on. But when there's a spirit of unity... When there's a spirit of unity, it's, di- it's a different level. It's a different level again. And then there's a, a common unity and then there's an authority. Out of community, greater authority is released. If we are at one and we're at peace and we're in unity with our own spirit and our own soul and our body, all three parts, if we're raging war against our body and stuffing that up, we won't have common unity within. We won't have it. 
We have common unity with spirit, soul, and body. And when we're in common unity with who we are and how we've been created, then we carry an authority in all those three areas. And it's the same with the body of Christ. When we're in common unity with one another, we carry an authority. And I actually think, if I'll let you in on a a secret to warfare, one of the greatest secrets to warfare and staying strong is exactly this, what we're doing right now, what we do every single Sunday morning. It's gathering and worshipping. Gathering and worshipping. I know it's not going to sell 100 books because it's not some amazing title on, you know, how to tear down this and do this and do that. It's very simple. It's very basic. But this is the thing that for 2,000 years since Pentecost and even prior to that in the temples, worship, praise, and teaching. Worship, praise, and the word. All those things gathered together, they stand the test of time every single time. And it's that building that immunity within, that strength, that life, and it carries authority. Let's stand this morning. Grab hands with the person next to you. I'm sorry if you don't like it. It's just life. Get over it. <laughs> Lord, we stand this morning in, as your community in common unity, all for one, one for all. And we know, Lord Jesus, we do this for you. And the overriding everything else that we feel and think, you are in us. And so this morning, Lord, we let go of any differences. We let go of any confusion. We let go of anything that has come against, Lord, anything that has tried to set set itself up against the true knowledge of God. And, Lord, we speak truth into this room. We speak life into this room. We put Jesus Christ as the head of who we are. And, Lord, we pray blessing on our brothers and sisters next to us, behind us, around us. Lord, we pray you would pour out an abundant blessing upon them, upon their money, upon their homes, upon their family, upon their health, upon their life, upon every decision that they have. We pray prominence. We pray upgrades upon them. Lord, we thank you for them. We pray covering of the blood of Jesus over them today. And Lord, we pray that you would raise up an incredible community here in this house, in Harvest Australia Church. And Lord, we pray that we would be able to export the kingdom of God through community, through common unity. And Lord, that you would truly make us fly as one. Lord, that that you would just really release an amazing anointing, an amazing anointing in this house. In this house, Lord, and Odinga and Morfitt Vale and these campuses, Lord, we pray for that multiplied uh, outpouring of unity across this region, Lord Jesus, that your name would be glorified. And that, Lord, that unity would carry so much authority, so much authority in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thanks for joining us on the Harvest Australia podcast. For more information and events in the life of Harvest Australia Church, please visit harvestaustralia.org.